Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Great to have you again. I am Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And today's topic is uh, just this little topic known as love. Uh, we'll, we'll try and cover everything you've always wanted to know about love, but have been afraid to ask in one episode. Actually, we're going to not talk about self-love today because we figured that can be a whole other episode. But we are going to talk about various aspects of love, which, of course, is a huge topic. And we just want to cover things that might be practical, useful ideas about what love is, how we can have more of it, what our true nature is, what's in the way, all these different aspects of this huge topic. But when I say the word love and think of love and, and talk about it as an exploration today, what shows up in your head, Mr. O'Connor? <laughs> well, Mr. Robinson, what shows up for me is love is all. Of the concepts in sort of non-dual spirituality, I think three are, are paramount. Awareness, I, meaning identity, and love. And um, I think love really is our true nature. It is what everything is made of. And it's what appears when we get rid of all the ideas of how everybody else and ourselves and the world should be. And it's actually not something you get. I think it's something that you uncover that's there. Well, that was a really good one minute or less uh, overview of some of the same thoughts I have. But there's a lot to explore on this topic because... You know, we're obviously very motivated to experience love, and so many people are are not having that experience hardly any of the time. And I think it's important to look at that. Um, but let's define some terms, because when you use terms like love or God or even consciousness, sometimes people are talking past each other and they're not talking about the same thing. So we already mentioned that we're not going to talk about self-love in this episode. We'll leave that to another episode. But there's obviously a difference between, say, romantic love with a partner and love of your kids and love of pets and love of your car and love of God and love of your true nature. And it's crazy that we have one word for all of this, which is is completely ridiculous and shows you how little regard we actually have for it and little explorations we've done on it because we we put it into this big pile. But mostly our listeners and you and I want to talk mostly about the love of our true nature and how when all the obstacles are out of the way, that's what's left. You know, I've heard it said by many teachers that 
the best definition of God is love. And being that love is our true nature, what's left when you take all the obstacles in the way, it's interesting that we experience it as little as we do. I'm wondering why you think that is. It's because of those obstacles. It's And basically because we think that love is something that we get or something that we find somewhere else. Like, of all the different kinds of love you mentioned, they could be lumped into two categories. The kind of love that we see, that we direct or, or hope to get from outside of ourselves and the yeah. love that's already there. And, and one hides the other. It does. And, and that's a big problem. There's so many obstacles in trying to get love. There's our past traumas from childhood, our triggers, our thoughts, our beliefs, our wanting people to do what we want. All of this is uh, our, yeah, I mean, that's what 80% of music songs are about. You know, the, the roller coaster of trying to get the love that we want from a romantic partner or from a friend even. And getting love has so many different things. Why is it that we put most of our attention on that rather than just relaxing into our true nature if that's so much, uh, so much simpler? That's right. And the key phrase is getting love. That's the, that is the issue. We think that the goal is getting love. And many people discovered that it's actually giving love yeah. that creates the loving feeling within ourselves, or I should say reveals the loving feeling. It's not something you get from outside. It's not something you get from a partner. I mean, yes, in a, in a different definition of love, sure, romantic love, for example, but that's really a different definition of love. That's like, oh, I have romantic sexual feelings or emotional feelings about this person, and I desire that person, and we call that love. But that, to me, is a different definition of love. It's about getting and not really about giving. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of the story of um, Lester Levinson, the founder of the Sedona Method, who, um, if you haven't heard that story, he's a guy who in the 50s had a severe heart attack, was told that he was had like a week left to live. There was nothing that they can do for him. He went home to die. And in his last week, he figures, well, let me look at when I've been happy. And he realized that the times he'd really been happy in life was when he was not getting love, but when he was actually giving love. So he decided to think of all the people he's ever loved and just send them love. And you and I know that we took uh, in the finders course, this uh, workshop, they give out this method, make a list of everybody you've known well, and just one by one, send them love or feel your love for them. And in this method, which is called the Lester Love Method, what ends up happening is you're kind of like bathing yourself in the feeling of love for however long you do the meditation, which is incredibly powerful. I mean, it's very intense for me. And this 
giving love, you know, that's not really a problem. Most people like it when you give them love or when you bathe yourself in this love. Mm -hmm. And it's a great method, but we tend to focus on the getting love rather than the giving love. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought up the Lester Levinson story because it's so profound, I think. Uh, When he discovered that he was, he thought that what would make him happy was getting love and who loved him and being loved by the most number of people. And when he came to the realization that he was happiest when he was giving love and he stopped trying to get it. And then he developed um, this technique, like, for instance, let's say you think of a person and your feelings about that person are not loving. Maybe you're angry at them. Maybe you're resentful of them. Maybe you're critical of them. And he would say, can I change this feeling to love? And he would sit with it for a while and try. And gradually it would. And my advice is you start with easy people. You don't start with the most, (laughs) the person you hate the most. But just, you know, practice it on on easy and then gradually move it up. And you'd be amazed. It's really a wonderful technique. It is. In fact... Uh, I was talking to a woman who's one of the most loving people I know, and I asked her, how is it that you're so loving? And she pretty much gave that technique away. She said, I focus on any moment that I've I've seen that person be beautiful or loving or anything about that person that I've appreciated until I feel love for them. And I know that that's really, that's really them. Yeah, And I thought that was brilliant. And you can do that in life, too, not just in a meditation. And just to complete the story about Lester Levinson, so he does this meditation on his last week of life, supposedly, and it ends up he doesn't die. And soon he's running like 20 miles a day. You know, this guy who supposedly wasn't uh, allowed to tie a shoe because they thought that would kill him. He's running 20 miles a day. He's feeling great. And he ends up living another 40 years as a great spiritual teacher. It's a wonderful story. It is a great story. And uh, it really goes to show you the the power of love. Um, Warren Buffett has been quoted as saying, unconditional love is the most powerful force in the universe. And that's uh, that's an interesting statement from one of the richest men in the world. And <laughs> right. Of course, he was talking about it in the context of raising children. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking specifically that when you give your children unconditional love, that that's the most powerful way to help your children be emotionally healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the love that we give towards, say, um, our kids or our pets, I think, is incredibly healing to us because that's where we really are focused on giving love. So, like, with our pets, we're more focused on giving love you know, than getting love. We're, we're not necessarily going to go to our dog and cat and say, hey, you haven't been loving to me. I want more love. You know, we're more focused on really just giving rather than getting And that's why some of those relationships can be so healing and powerful in our lives. Yeah, yeah. But there is, not everyone finds it uh, very easy to do. And as a matter of fact, I was listening the other day to a a Q&A session with Ajashanti. And it was about unconditional love. And the, the questioner was saying, you know, I just, I just don't get it. I don't know how to do unconditional love. I would love to love my wife unconditionally, but then she does these things that get me so mad and I just don't feel it. And, and he had this great response. He said, 
Me's don't do unconditional love. And by me's, he meant the me, the little me, the personality, yeah. not the, not the universal awareness. He said, me's don't do unconditional love. It's not like your me is defective. Unconditional love doesn't belong to you as a person. It belongs to existence. That's a beautiful quote. And, and it, it's so true that really, if we want to move towards unconditional love, our ego personality mind structure is not equipped for that. It's our, our consciousness, our awareness, our true nature that we have to relax into for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting in romantic love, and one of the things I like about romantic love, is if you're really interested in working on yourself, <laughs> there is a very quick way of doing it, which is to notice all the obstacles in the way of unconditionally loving your partner. Mm -hmm. All the traumas, all the judgments, all the beliefs, all the thoughts. And if you can see those impartially and not make excuses, not blame your partner, but you see them as obstacles in yourself that keep you from your true nature, then you're really using the stuff of your life and the stuff of relationships to become a more loving, purified, aware person. That's right. But let's delineate some of those obstacles specifically in the case of romantic love or, or your relationship with your partner. Uh, you know, for example, the obstacles are the idea that they should be any particular way. Mm -hmm. uh, another is the idea that your happiness depends on them. Those are the main two. Your idea of how they should be and how they should behave and your, and th and then thinking that your happiness somehow depends on them and whether they love you or whether they behave the way you want them to. And those are the obstacles when you get, and those are all in the mind. They're not in reality. And when you get rid of them, that's when the love that's there as our default state is revealed. Yeah, well, that's what Ram Dass, the old spiritual teacher, called relationship yoga. Yeah. You know, using that stuff, seeing it, seeing your neuroses that way, and by seeing it clearly and the futility of some of those things, um, they start to shrink. And as those obstacles get, as those obstacles get less, what's left is the open space of your true nature. Yep. So I want to share um, a couple of poems. Uh, first of all, probably the most famous poem about love, if you call it a poem, from the Bible. You know, when asking what love is, uh, Paul in the Bible in 1 Corinthians says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And I like how he kind of defines love by what it isn't. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one way of, of doing it. And I think it's important, you know, we're throwing words around and words and mind stuff is so far from love that that's part of the problem of exploring it is that 
you know, when we, it's like exploring infinity, you could be thinking you're having a conversation, but you're not really touching the subject at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I'm not sure that you can. I'm not sure that our limited minds can actually grasp something like infinity. Yeah. Or, or grasp love, which is pretty close to infinity. That's right. Absolutely. I think one way to overcome this, this word, mind way of approaching love is through poetry and through song, where our emotions are closer to it. And um, I've always enjoyed the poetry of Rumi. So I want to share a little poem about love by Rumi called the dancing cry of the soul he says love is a dancing cry of the soul calling the body to worship like a shining whirlpool or a spinning mayfly so is love among the skies i leap across the mountaintops madly singing the song of all songs i float through the ether intoxicated thrilled i think only of your love you're calling to me, and I dance the thousand dances of love, all returning to you. It's a beautiful poem. And what I love about poetry is that it can kind of transcend all the mind stuff and help us maybe taste of the vibration of love much more effectively than how we normally uh might think about it that's right that's right and and also since you just quoted rumi i had another very short not a poem just one line um, from rumi about love which i thought was great he wrote your task is not to seek for love but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it well, that's, uh, that's what we've been talking about with things like romantic love or really anything, you know, because we put conditions on our partner, but we put conditions on the world. You know, we put conditions on our day and all those things are just little barriers that are constrictions that keep us from being fully open in the moment and, and drinking of the eternal now. Mm-hmm. Eternal now. And really the question is not so much how do I become more loving, but what within me is already loving. Mm-hmm. And since this is awareness explorers, the answer to that should be obvious. It's pure awareness itself, because awareness is like a mirror. It doesn't choose what to reflect. Awareness is like that. Whatever appears in it, it allows. And that total allowingness of everything that appears, that total okayness with, with what is, with reality, is love itself. It's unconditional love because you, you've removed your conditions that you've placed on experience, the way you think experience should be. And when you remove them, you find that within yourself, which is already loving. It's not a feeling you need to create. It's you just have to look inside and really ask this question. And the answer is in awareness itself. Well, it's pretty easy to love 
light and beauty and uh, saints really are challenged in allowing is to allow things like darkness and shadow. Uh, right. One side of this plane wing is already good. You know, it's I, I, it's really easy to love Jesus and Buddha and the, and the most loving people we know or Yosemite or your pet. But really, our work is to allow and be open to all the parts of ourselves and the parts of ourselves that show up in other people. Yes, exactly. And that's a really good point. And it's absolutely true. And that's why I say that you look for that within you, which is already allowing. Mm -hmm. There is something that when things you don't like appear, it allows it. It's aware of it. Awareness itself. Things you don't like appear, things you do like appear. Things that you hate appear, things that you love appear. Things that you have this thought about appear things that are just simply nonverbal experience appear. They all appear in the same field of awareness. And that field of awareness is totally allowing, and it's already allowing. So you don't have to get your personality to figure out how to change your personality to be more loving. You notice that there is something deep inside, which is your actual, the real you, the real I behind all experience that's already loving. Yep. And that's the shortcut. Um, let's talk about another distinction around love, which is, I'll call it attachment versus unattachment. And that really screws us up because once we, quote, feel love for something, especially something, a pet, a person, a car, whatever, we get attached. And that interferes with the flow of the unconstricted openness of the moment. And there are levels of attachment. I'm actually listening to a book by Don Miguel Jr. called The Five Levels of Attachment. And he says, you know, at first you can have a preference. That's not such a problem. But what happens is we often mistake our identity for what we're attached to. Like you or me or... I love the Yankees so much that if they lose, I'm devastated. Or if I lose this person, I'm devastated. And those levels of attachment, which seem to be a really big part of how we try to do life, is a really big impediment to the openness of the, this moment and the love of our true nature. Yes, very well said and, and very, very true. And I'm glad that you focused on the identity part, too. Uh, we take these things into ourselves as our identity. And, you know, like the great example is a, is a sports team that we love. Um, we take them as part of our identity. I am a Giants fan or a Knicks fan or whatever. And when they do well, we're happy. When they don't do well, we're sad. And uh, we villainize their opponents and all of this stuff. And it's all in the mind. It has nothing, zip, zero to do with reality in any way whatsoever. It's all just in our mind. And it's those attachments and aversions in our minds 
that actually is the ego. That is the false self, the little me that we talk about. It's, it's the mind's image of ourselves and all of its likes and dislikes. And that's the false self, the real self, the big I, as opposed to the little me is universal consciousness or universal awareness or just the universe or all that is. Yep. Or the divine, if you want to put it that way, if you're of that bent. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't think of the divine as some entity outside of yourself, separate from yourself. Right, right. So let's talk about some practical things. Uh, we already talked about the Lester Love Meditation, and I would encourage people to make a list of people that they in their lives and and try to feel your love for them or anything you appreciate about them and and do that for anywhere from five minutes to an hour. It can be really powerful and it gets easier the more you do it. I notice that there's a momentum that, you know, the first five minutes tend to be a little bit difficult, but after half an hour, I'm like bathing in love and it's an incredible experience. Um, you know, I, I once saw the spiritual teacher Poonjaji and uh, I asked him, how can I make love stay? And he gave an answer, which I really liked. He said, all you really have to do is if there's somebody around you, love them. Because there's people all around us. And if you can love the person around you, you will make love stay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like love the one you're with. Mm -hmm. But you know, we get obsessed that, oh, I can only have love for this one person in the world or something like that. And that kind of screws us up. He also said that your job in life, as I've mentioned in a couple of stories before, is to realize that you are love. And if we saw it as our job, you know, what's, what's your job? I've never had somebody when I said, so what do you do for work? They said, I, um, I try to see the obstacles to love and relax into my true nature so I can be loved. That would be a great answer, wouldn't it? You're at a party, you know? What do you do? Well, that's what I do. <laughs> that is a great answer for yourself. I don't know how well it would work at a party, but <laughs> you might have. It depends on the kinds of parties you go to in the circle that's of true. friends. Uh, I, I imagine that they would say, okay, yes. let's, uh, excuse me, I, I need to talk to this person over there. <laughs> but if that happens, then you have to find love. You send love <laughs> to that person. But as a as a personal motto or 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 north star of living, it can't be beat. Yeah, you know, I think of it that there are things around love that are helpful for moving in that direction. Like, for example non-judgmentalness or compassion uh yeah you know that if you can overcome or look at your judgmental mind and do things like we talked about in a previous episode of overcoming the judgmental mind that that is a one of the approaches that can help open you to more of the love of your true nature because you're not so busy pushing it away or batting it away with your judgments yep Exactly. And related to that, another technique is to look at your experience and ask, what part of my experience is nonverbal? Because mm. judgment is really the verbal thoughts in your mind. 
And when you look at your experience, the sounds, the sights, the smells, what about my experience right now is nonverbal? It automatically rules out all that judgmental stuff. Yeah, that's a, I'm going to try that. It's related to your wordless technique, which I really love. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Maybe just put it in other words, so to speak. Yeah. Sometimes imagining love, just like, you know, we might pretend something and it starts to become real for us. You know, that used to be a bumper sticker, like, what would love do? And actually, that can be effective. Like, you almost pretend that you're love. And after a while, pretending or asking yourself, what would love do? Or you behave as a loving person. You start to actually feel this openness. I remember once I was in a workshop. It was pretty funny. Uh, this woman, it was an acting workshop. And she said, pretend that you're the most loving person you've ever heard about. And I decided to be St. Francis. So for an hour, I was going around pretending I was St. Francis. And it was fantastic. I felt all this love for humanity. And it was so sweet. Soon I had a, a bunch of people wanting to talk to me because there's nothing more, you know, alluring than somebody who's just emanating love. You know, we tend to think that we have to go through this whole 20 year process of becoming more loving, but maybe it's, it's just as simple as just, you know, a, a thought away or a pretend away. Well, you make a really good point because another one of the most powerful forces in the universe is imagination. Mm -hmm. When you imagine something completely and fully with all your senses and all your powers of, 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 of imagination, you really can create your experience. Yeah, I'm going to try pretending I'm roomy. You know, that guy was really divinely drunk in love. And sometimes when I read his words or Hafiz or other of these great uh, love divine poetry makers, you just kind of, it's like devouring a, a sweet meal of divine love. And it definitely affects your vibration and can be a real sweet way of, of helping you in that direction. I'm with you there. I, I totally agree. Let's both try it and, and we'll go to that field and I'll meet you there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you could say life is just one journey from trying to get love to as you as you become more spiritually aware, maybe focus on giving love to the point where you are love. Yeah. <laughs> That's it in a nutshell. I couldn't have put it better. <laughs> Any last comments, uh, thoughts about this, uh, this major topic? Oh, I think we have to leave that as the last comment, the one that you just said. It was so nice. Uh huh. Well, I hear you have a meditation for us. I do. And, um, I'm looking forward to relaxing into the meditative pool of love that you offer. Oh, thanks. All right. Here goes. So first of all, just take a nice, easy, deep breath. Close your eyes if you feel like it, if you're comfortable and you're not driving. And relax. Some say the opposite of love is hate. 
Some say the opposite of love is fear. I say the opposite of love is mind. The opposite of love is if and when and because. It's the mind separation of all experience into categories of good and bad, like and dislike, right and wrong, attractive and undesirable. These are the veils that cover the love that's already there, the love that is our true nature, existence itself. The total awareness of all that is without the idea that it should be any different. And to help get a feel for this, let's play around with it in our imagination. Imagine looking in a mirror. Notice that not only do you see yourself, but you see all the objects around you. Now imagine that you are the mirror looking out. Not the mirror image of yourself inside the mirror, but the whole entire mirror looking out at whatever appears, including yourself and including all the objects that surround you. As you imagine you are the mirror, ask yourself, am I choosing what to reflect? What you notice about the nature of this mirror is all you need to know in order to understand unconditional love. The mirror doesn't choose what to reflect. The mirror simply reflects whatever appears before it, choicelessly, unconditionally. When you start to sense what it could feel like to choicelessly allow all that appears, then you start to notice the relief that arises. When you don't have to say to yourself, oh, this shouldn't be, and oh, that shouldn't be. When you let go of that, there's a huge sense of relief that arises. And underneath that relief, underneath that intense relaxation of your conditions for the way the world should be, is a feeling of love. A feeling of love as the basic ground of being, the default state of existence. What does unconditional love really mean? Well, what does unconditional mean? It means that we remove the conditions we have placed on experience in order for it to be acceptable to us. These conditions are the veils that hide the love that's already there, the love that is our natural state. 
when we completely remove the conditions we place on experience. What's revealed is okayness with everything just as it is. This is love. The first step is to discover this, to discover the nature of love and to discover that it is our true nature, our true selves, and drop the expectation that our false self, the little me, can love unconditionally. It's not the little me, the personality, the ego that loves. It's the big I that loves. The universal self, the pure, choiceless, mirror-like awareness that reflects everything just as it is and allows everything that appears in it to be exactly as it is. That's what loves. That's what is already and always loving. Your job is to simply notice the loving awareness that's already there when we drop our conditions. Then, once we've noticed that unconditional love is already there, the second step is to then reverse the flow from in to out. By the flow of in, I mean the desire to get love. By the flow of out, I mean the expression of that love that is our true nature, the sharing of it with others the accepting of others exactly as they are, the removal of the conditions that we place on other people to be the way we want them to be. And the outward flow of imagining them and wishing them to be the most happy, fulfilled, and joyous that they can be. Instead of all you need is love, it's all you are is love. All everyone else is, is love. And it's the exact same love, the one love. The recognition that the choiceless awareness looking out through my eyes is the same choiceless awareness that's looking out through everyone's eyes. And it's an easy step to realize that not only are we identical, but we are actually the same being. The universal consciousness that is experiencing itself simultaneously through billions, trillions of pairs of eyes. Imagine that. Loving others, loving the world, is loving yourself, because there are no others. 
Imagine that. Now, take another nice, easy, deep breath. And at your own pace, begin to open your eyes. And we're back. I like your approach to that. Of um, reminds me of a book that Ramdas wrote. The title called "Polishing the Mirror." Ah. That our job is we we have this mirror. It has some gunk on it, and that it, as we polish it, the love that we are becomes more obvious and is more able to reflect the beauty of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very much like that. I'm going to have to read that book. Good book. So, um, your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to polish that mirror, to, to know that, uh, that love is just a imagination or relaxation moment away. One of the ways uh, we, we distort love, I will do right now, which is to say, if you love what we are up to, please support us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Awareness Explorers. And we'll show you the love back. That's very good. Well, you know, love is uh, love has to flow outward. <laughs> that Quite sounds true. very commercial, doesn't it? Don't really mean it that way, but actually, I feel good that you know one of the reasons uh, I think we've been able to do this podcast is that we haven't tried to make money from it. That it's really coming from our sincere desire for exploration for helping ourselves and helping ourselves in other people. Yeah. And that's, right. uh, that's why it's always felt really good and easy to do this with you, Brian. And I hope our listeners are able to taste of that as well. Well, thank you for saying that. And I feel the same way. And that's mm -hmm. what we enjoy. And enjoyment is such a big part of, of love. Getting love is uh, an interesting experience. Giving love is better being love is best. Perfect. <laughs> well, till next time, friends, uh, we love having you as part of our family and be sure to keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.